0: Max, right, like, we don't use it enough these days. Like we're just saying how walking is really good for your health because no one walks anymore. So if you can have a walking routine, it's great. But then um, these solace push-ups imitate walking while you're sitting. Yeah. So it's crazy. So you can get all the benefits. Like
1: Not all the benefits. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you can get similar benefits just from sitting at your desk. Welcome back to the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. We have helped hundreds of people reach their goals. And this podcast is a chat about the journey along the way, teachable moments and topics we think will help you reach your goals as well. If we haven't met before, my name is Jack. I'm the PT and joining me is my partner, Mac. She is the nutrition coach and soon to be psychologist. Before we get into today's show, I just want to take a second and thank you all for your support on this show. This podcast has been growing massively over the last couple of months and we wouldn't be able to do that unless it was for you guys listening and supporting the show. So if you haven't already, we would appreciate it if you left us a five-star review and a positive comment wherever you're listening to this podcast because it does help us reach more people so we can help them as well. Thank you and let's get into the show. what is up everybody welcome back to another episode from next week we're going to go to two episodes a week we've got some special episodes i'm going to call them special episodes uh, just for a few weeks we're going to do two episodes a week we got a lot of guest episodes max is going to do some special other episodes coming up as well uh, and we just wanted to still do this, epi- this episode on the fridays for you guys just wrapping up the week and talking about you know, topics that we think are valuable for your health and fitness. And we wanted to add these podcasts in, so instead of just getting rid of this one and doing one, we decided to add back in the second episode. So that's gonna be starting this Tuesday. So if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, following Tuesday, you're gonna have a awesome episode. I can't wait for that one. Uh, It was very special to me because it's a podcast that I've wanted to do. I just didn't know enough about the topic. And we got a, guest in who is all over that. that I don't want to give too much away because it's a, it's a secret. You're just going to have to wait. I'm going to stop talking about it. You're just going to have to wait till Tuesday for that episode to come out. Again, I'm very excited for the next few weeks of Tuesday shows. I've got some great guests on the podcast. Guest, guest episodes are back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else that they need to know, the listeners?
1: No, that's all the housekeeping, isn't it? Or you want me to tell what what my plans are? Yeah, go. Okay, so where do I start? At uni, they always harp on about how important it is for us as students to teach the things that we are learning so that we learn it more deeply. If you can teach it, then you know it, essentially. That is what everyone always says. And so um, I'm going to start recording podcasts around brain health in particular and like how your nutrition and exercise and all that relates to brain health and just anything that I find uh, in uni that I think you guys would benefit from, I'm going to start sharing it so that I can learn better and you guys can learn from me as well because every single week I always have something that I want to share on the podcast but I also don't want to take over the podcast with all of my brain things. So yeah, I'm pretty excited just to be able to talk about that with you guys.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it as well. Um, like I said, this show is just all about lessons learned during the week, conversations we have with our clients and topics that pop up that we think are gonna help everybody on their health and fitness journey. And Mackie's just gonna dive a bit deeper into some topics, Yeah, which is again, very exciting. Um, like I said, awesome guests coming up, and Max little brain teasers as well.
1: Oh, let's someone suggest someone tell me what I should call it. Like, you know, like this was originally the Friday wrap up. I guess it still is, and we've got guest episodes. What should what should Max show be? Not Max show. Don't recommend that.
0: Just the Max show no. instead of the Mac and Jack show. <laughs> Just the Max show. That's so boring. The Max brain show. Mm. Brain Max show.
1: You, you guys can do
0: better than that, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I come across this quote during the week, and we sort of touched on this topic last week about affirmations and how they can be useful, but a lot of people don't use them in the right way. So if you're somebody that's sitting that down and starting to journal a bit and trying to work on some self-development, I'd strongly, actually, strongly recommend going back and listening to last week's episode, I think it was in the later half of the episode or in the middle there somewhere, we had a good topic about how affirmations by themselves don't actually work. You've got to put some effort behind it and all that sort of stuff. And I think this quote sort of sums that up. So can you just read the quote for me?
1: I okay. can. The thing that makes the action extraordinary is the commitment to it, not the nature of the action.
0: Mm. So that's obviously gonna mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But when I heard that, a lot of the time I see on social media, people will start a health and fitness journey and they're excited about the gym and all that sort of stuff. And just this one-off workout, they smash this workout. And yes, that is awesome, but that's not what makes the, what was a. It, <laughs>
1: Extraordinary, Extraordinary.
0: that's not what makes it extraordinary, yeah. Yeah. So yes, you should be proud of all those little things, but that's not what makes it extraordinary. What makes it extraordinary is you doing all the things that no one knows about and putting in the effort behind the scenes, you know, making better choices about the food you eat, making better choices about exercise and actually committing to walking every single day. Walking is boring and no one, like, we post about it a lot because we like it a lot. Mm. But walking is just boring, but it is so good for your health and wellness um, that you should be doing it every day, but no one does it because it's not exciting. But all these little things added together make one extraordinary thing and and an extraordinary person, extraordinary goal. So it's not the actual goal of, you know, whatever it may be. It's all the little things along the way that you're doing that makes it extraordinary. So that's what I got from that. Mm. So I just, yeah, it just, again, I was sort of scrolling through social media and I see people all excited about these one workouts that they did and all that sort of stuff. And it's awesome, but don't forget about all the other little things that you're doing along the way as well. Actually committing and going to the gym is better better than actually the workout itself, actually going to the gym. So all I'm saying is um, give yourself credit for all those little things along the way because they do make... An extraordinary goal or an extraordinary person
1: result yeah i think that i interpreted it very similar to you but i'm going to say how i interpreted it because obviously other people might relate to mine and some people might relate to yours it's a weird quote i had to read it like a couple of times to really get something out of it
0: go one more again for everybody
1: okay the thing that makes the action extraordinary is the commitment to it not the nature of the action mm. So when I read that, I thought like exercising or going to the gym is the action, right? And you can do that once and you're not going to get any results from it, which is pretty much what you just said, right? But you committing to going to the gym three days, five days a week, whatever it is, that is what's going to make going to the gym give extraordinary results. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's like, it's a very good quote. Um, because like you said, a lot of people do just forget that they can't just do the thing once and expect results. Yeah. That's not even just for training. It's like you can't just have a green smoothie and it's going to fix your gut problems or help you immediately lose weight or anything like that. It's Commitment is everything, not even in just health and fitness, but in life. Like we were watching a YouTube video this morning talking about business stuff and it's like if you can't commit to the most basic actions doing the most basic things for your business every single day for the long run then what are you doing essentially Mm. so yeah i think you can relate to every part of life
0: yeah and that's i i was thinking business when i heard this quote and just doing the little things you need to do and just can commit to the business and continuously do it. And it makes you think of the bigger picture and a long term goal. So when you're just doing these little things like one off workout or one off green smoothie or whatever, or you cook a healthy meal. Yeah, again, they're all awesome and you should be doing it, but you're not really committing to anything. You're just doing these one off things. Mm. and actually committing to the long-term and thinking about what the sort of person you wanna be. like Make it a big one, make it 12 months, two years. So what do you need to be committing to to achieve your goals in two years? And I, again, I was thinking business, but I want it to be health and fitness because a lot of people struggle with that long-term commitment. And committing to those little things And making sure you do them, not just once a week or, you know, whatever it is, just committing to it and giving yourself that little bit of a, I just don't think we appreciate the little things we do that give us long-term goals. Mm. And those little things are what make you extraordinary and give you an extraordinary result at the end, but you've just got to think a lot longer term and... Yeah, don't worry about the one sweet ass workout you did that you got real sweaty.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the time too when people do achieve their goal, they look back not very far, like they'll look back a month and be like, oh wow, it must be this sauerkraut that I've added into my diet that has allowed me to achieve this goal, when actually it's all of the tiny other things you've been doing for the past 12 months to two years, not the thing you did yesterday, Mm. which I think is often overlooked.
0: Yeah, even just like drinking water, making sure you drink enough water every single day. No one's gonna post about that, no one gets excited about it, but committing to actually drinking enough water every single day is going to be extraordinary over a long long period of time. Yeah, It's not gonna make much of a difference over a week, but over a couple of years, yeah, it's gonna make a huge difference. Yeah. Are we connected on Instagram? If not, Make sure you head over to our pages, both Mac and I, and give us a follow. We'll give you a follow back and you can enter into the discussion. A lot of these topics we talk about, Mac and I post about on Instagram and would love your input, we'd love your ideas, your theories and your opinions on these topics. So make sure you head into the show notes where you'll find our handles for Instagram and if you haven't already, make sure you follow us and we'll continue the conversation there
1: let's talk about soulless push-ups do you know can if i say that term to you do you know what the heck i'm talking about i do you do yeah when i heard this term soulless push-ups i was like what is it just like a different kind of way to do push-ups but then uh the more i read into it it is actually a muscle in your calf the solace is that is a muscle in your calf am i right yes yeah cool and it, takes up 1% of your entire muscle mass. So it's pretty small, this soulless. But a new study came out the past fortnight about doing soulless push-ups while you're sitting at your desk. And I was like, what do you mean? How can you do push-ups while you're sitting at your desk? But after reading this, I quickly ran into Jack and I was like, oh my gosh, you're never gonna believe what I just found. And the, stu- the recent study showed that doing sitting at your desk so your legs are at a 90 your hips I should say you're at a 90 degree angle and your legs are at a 90 degree angle and then all you have to do is slightly raise your heels and then put them back down. It's a very small movement, very small muscle but doing this like repetitively has a huge effect on your metabolism. So because the Solus is it's designed for I guess, duration activities. So like standing for long periods of time, walking, things like that, you don't necessarily get a sore solace unless you're specifically training calves, but it's designed for like long duration things like what I just mentioned. So it has like a pretty strong ability to withstand a lot of movement, right? But now we sit down at desk for so long and it doesn't move as much as it used to get used in the past. And it has a direct effect on keeping your metabolism going. So people always talk about how walking is great for your metabolism and you should go for a walk after a meal to help with your blood glucose levels so you don't get that energy crash. But you can simply do soulless push-ups at your desk and it has the same effects, not as great as walking, but similar effects on your metabolism and blood glucose by simply lifting your heel and putting it down repeatedly. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, um, Mac did get excited and ran into um, my office when she heard this and I was like, yeah, it can't be that good. But then I dove into it a little bit as well. And it's crazy how this little muscle, it does not fatigue. So it's one of the only muscles in your body that doesn't actually fatigue. So for example, if you do bicep curls, even with a one kilo weight, you're gonna fatigue. You might. You might be able to do 100 reps, but after 100, you're going to start getting real sore, real tired, and your arm's not going to be able to do curls anymore. Lactic acid builds up. Your arms either seize up or you just don't have the energy to do the curls anymore, where this muscle has the ability to just keep going Mm. no matter what, so it doesn't fatigue. And, yeah, Max, right, like we don't use it enough these days. We're just saying how walking is – really good for your health because no one walks anymore so if you can have a walking routine it's great but then um these solace push-ups imitate walking while you're sitting yeah so it's crazy so you can get all the benefits like not all the benefits yeah so you can get similar benefits just from sitting at your desk and raising your heels off the ground while you're sitting at a desk yeah um so the study had people doing it for four hours every single day and you might think, oh, shit, four hours, are, like that'd get tiring. But it, again, it doesn't actually tire out. The hardest part of it um, would be trying to concentrate enough to actually do it.
1: Mm. I have been trying to do it since I found this study. Mm. And I will say typing, like while I was writing notes for uni, it was quite hard because typing like I'm reading and writing at the same time. But when I'm doing like designs on canva and things like like more fluffy stuff on my computer it's fine like you can do both like raise your heels and type at the same time um and i think the chair that you sit in might have a bit of an effect because i sit on like a bench seat so it's not super comfortable for me to have my legs at a 90 degree angle but i assume if you have an office chair you can adjust it so that it is more suitable for you like and it makes it feel more comfortable and doable
0: yeah um yeah, again, it's, I just, because I, I see it as a seated calf raise. So those that know what a seated calf raise would know what this exercise is. Um, but basically, it's just the same ex, um, same movement, but you just add weight on top of your knees to put pressure on the solace. S- not
1: solace.
0: solace. Solace. Um So, yeah, it's cool to just see that you can just do bodyweight ones. And again, they're not hard. They're simple to do mm-hmm. and you get so many benefits from it. Um, and one of the things I found interesting, it keep, um, did you touch on that? How it keeps your metabolism going. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't actually spike.
1: So what happens when you eat, say you have lunch and it's a say like for example, so you have a salad sandwich for lunch, it's carbs and bread and everything is going to raise your glucose levels. And then generally if it is, the food is fast digesting, your glucose levels will drop right after, especially if you don't have enough protein and stuff and fat and stuff like that. But doing this helps it the glucose not spike as high, hence not drop as low, so your energy is more stable throughout the day. Hmm. So you won't get that afternoon crash as much. And then on the other hand, it's like the metabolism, it just keeps your metabolism going rather than it's slowing right down to preserve the food that you've eaten because you're just sitting sedentary. Mm. The, the the people that they used in the study too, which I also found interesting, was generally people that don't exercise or do low to moderate amounts of exercise, and they saw a huge benefit from just doing these this simple, one simple movement. Um, but i'm not saying that you can replace your exercise with this by any means but definitely if you're trying to boost your results in the gym and like with weight loss and be i guess a high performer then this is like definitely something you should consider adding to your already existing exercise routine
0: yeah definitely there's no reason why you shouldn't end. and obviously a stand up desk like a walking stand up desk would be optimal Um, I actually brought this study up to two clients yesterday when I was training them in the gym and they both sit down, like have computer jobs, desk desk jobs for a living. And one of them said she had a stand-up walking desk and I was like, that's pretty impressive. And I said, how's it go for work? Can you concentrate on that? And she did say it takes a little bit of getting used to, being able to walk and work. She did say if I had more of an accurate more of a creative job, it'd be a lot harder, but hers is just um, mortgage broking. So, you know, a lot of reading and typing and stuff like that, and retyping things that you read. So, wasn't very creative. So, she did say it's benefited that way. And sort of got me thinking as well like, yeah, there's going to be some jobs where it's going to be hard to do the calf ra- uh, the con calf raises, solace push ups, like all day and consistently because, you know, when you're thinking hard, you you just start thinking about that one project and your feet are going to stop. So I've, I've actually got clients to do this in the past of set an alarm for 30 minutes intervals or an hour interval or just something just to get you up out of the chair because you can be sitting in a chair for hours concentrating on this one thing and not move at all. Yeah, your hands are moving, that's about it. Um, so I do like to get them to set an alarm, even if it's 20 minutes is ideal just to get up, walk around the room and sit back down. And now I can just say, literally, set your alarm every 20 minutes because it'll just bring them their head, mind out of where they are and just start doing um, the push-ups with your calves, like calf raises at your desk. You don't even have to get up. And mm. everybody, like, there's no reason why you can't do that. Yeah. And that's why I was excited about this because I can start implementing it into a lot of my clients' um, training and what they have to do. And it's just, yeah, it, it you do yeah, it is almost a game changer with that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I think it, a good place to start would be like obviously the alarm thing, but also I know a lot of people still do Zoom meetings. And I think sometimes Zoom meetings, well, from clients, from what I hear from clients, they are mind numbing, so, if you have, say you have one Zoom meeting a day, that's an hour approximately that you can sit there and just do this and just stare at the screen blankly. Hmm. And I think if you're a university student and you're going to, I don't know, two, four, two to four lectures a day, that's like eight hours of sitting and listening to someone talk. So just, just pump your calves, man.
0: <laughs> I guess another thing, you could put pins on the ground or something like that. So you, as soon as your heels hit the ground, you get a little stab and you can brick them back up
1: yeah no thanks um you are quite you are actually quite good at getting up from your desk and walking around i I think we might as well stay on this topic because we haven't spoken about it for a while um yeah you're pretty good at leaving your desk because i'll be i sit out in the the main area of our house and jack has the office and he'll just come in and out in and out and i'm like what are you doing And it's just like i just need a break i just need to walk around and stand Whereas I really, really struggle to do that. Like once I'm in the zone and once I'm doing something, I do not want to move from there. Like I really, really hate breaking my concentration. And I know like from reading numerous studies and having numerous lecturers say that you should only have an intense period of concentration for like 90 minutes. Mm. But I just get, I literally get stuck to my desk. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that also experience this. So the thing that I think has made the biggest difference for me is having a liter of water on my desk and I just sip at it like crazy. And then I have to get up because I have to go to the toilet. and usually have to run to the toilet by the time I convince myself it's time to go. Um, But yeah, do you have any other suggestions you think that
0: yeah, so I just do it for every time I download something or render a video or something like that. So anytime something loads, I get up from the desk and walk out here. I literally just sometimes walk, look out the front window and walk back in. Um, I Even when I'm doing the creative stuff, I find if I sit there too long in it, the creative side disappears mm-hmm. and it's just I'm doing the task.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, like those that have been watching the YouTube channel, I've been editing videos um, quite a bit and sometimes when you're just sitting there editing for it, it can even happen in within 20 to 30 minutes you just end up editing and i think you can tell in the video when i've just edited it or i've created a video there's a mm. difference so i've now learnt and I, this is hard for me cuz something will load and it's like you know 50 seconds till it downloads or whatever and um, i'm like oh it's just 50 seconds I'll stay and then as soon as I know I'll stay and keep working, it just turns to shit. So now I've just got in a really good habit of just getting up and walking around. Um, It just helps, I don't know.
1: Well, I should definitely try that because my habit if I'm downloading something, not that I video edit or anything like that, but if I'm waiting for something to happen on my computer, I'll just do something else. I'll just open another six tabs and do another six things
0: while I wait, which is not optimal. I guess that's a bonus. My computer is a little bit slow at the moment because I need to update the RAM. But um, if I start doing too many other tasks, because when you're uploading and downloading and rendering videos, it takes up a lot of RAM on your computer. Mm. So, like, I could wait for one to render and upload another one and start editing another one, but everything slows down. Yep. So instead of three minutes, it could take 12 minutes. So I'm better off just taking that three minutes, getting up and going for a walk. And I've just learned that lesson now and built that habit.
1: Yeah, well. Well, I don't have any other topics. Do you? Uh,
0: no, that's all I had this week.
1: Listen to questions then, Yeah, let's go in it. Okay, so the first one is like a five-parter. <laughs> so it is, the first part is, does too much protein in your diet cause urea how and why does this happen how can you lower it are there any health risks associated with it okay so very short answer yes (laughs) too much protein in your diet can cause urea urea is not necessarily bad unless you have excess amounts of it and the reason you may end up with excess amounts of it is if you are having an extremely high protein diet and generally a lot of red meats because urea is a byproduct of amino acids so I
0: was you, just gonna say do you want to just explain what urea is first?
1: <laughs> okay so you eat protein and then your liver produces urea as the waste product from protein so if you're eating a lot of protein and your liver can't keep up with the amount of protein that it has to process Um, and then your kidneys struggle to filter out the overload of urea then that's when you can have problems and the amount of urea found in your blood is too high and it causes a lot and a lot of symptoms but it's really hard to pinpoint because a lot of the symptoms that it can cause are also can like are related to kidney problems in general so the only way for you to know really if you have high urea is to get a blood test but even then it might not be your diet that's caused it it can be like stress it can be gi problems it can be kidney problems liver problems like lifestyle there's a a huge amount of things that can cause high urea um
0: but yes protein can
1: yes an excess amount of protein can cause it because say you're having like a lot of red meat um and then your liver has to process the aminos, which makes a byproduct of urea. And then that has to be filtered out by your kidneys. So generally we make about 12 grams of urea a day, but the kidneys filter out 10 grams of that. So that's quite a lot for them to get rid of. And if they start to, I guess, filter out less and less then it does sort of build up the amount of urea in your bloodstream but also it doesn't just come from protein and it is animal p- um, protein, I should say in general, but also your muscles, because they are muscles and they have amino acids and everything in them do produce a little bit of it. So obviously muscular people will produce a little bit more urea, so it can also put a little bit more of a heavier demand on your liver and kidneys to filter it out. Questions yet?
0: Uh, keep going.
1: Okay. So, to lower urea proper hydration so obviously you're you need to tr- make sure you're drinking enough water so that your kidneys function well and can filter it out efficiently and like in good timing but also if you drink too much water then obviously your kidneys suffer because they're working overtime so you have to find the middle ground of drinking enough water and then The other way to lower the amount of urea in your bloodstream is to reduce the amount of plant-based protein that you have.
0: Plant-based?
1: I mean, (laughs) animal-based protein. Increase the plant-based, probably. But, yeah, I think if you're having a variety of proteins, so like chicken, turkey, fish, lentils, beans, I don't know, red meat. What else is there? Anyway, yeah, mm. they're the basics. If you're having a wide variety, you shouldn't have a problem with it, but it's when you have say you're having red meat three times a day.
0: And I'd say every day. If it has to do with the amino profile as well, it would be if you're having the same red meat all the time.
1: Yeah. So yeah, because different meats have different aminos, yeah, amino acids, I should say um so yeah like like any aspect of your diet variety is key if you're having the same thing of any food then you're obviously going to have an imbalance if you're having too much broccoli and no potatoes there's going to be a vitamin and mineral imbalance if like for anything like that in your diet so i think if you've done a blood test and whoever someone has told you that your urea is high obviously you would work with a doctor because it could be the other things like it could be kidney function it could be liver function um And yeah, the only other thing I can suggest is to just, I guess, try and get a variety of protein, maybe minimize your protein intake a little and make sure you're drinking the right amount, not just drinking a lot of water because that's just what we tend to do (laughs) or not enough water because that's also very common. But yeah, what was the last part of the question? Health risks associated. Um, I don't know. Oh, like... (laughs) I'm not a doctor, you know, so I can't say too much on the topic. But if you have higher e levels, then it could not just be protein. I guess that's the biggest thing when it comes to like health risks. So, yeah, it could be something else, something else underlying. It's not necessarily always just your diet, but your diet could have led to a greater health risk. Does mm. that make sense? So yeah, my solution would just be to get blood tests done and then work with the doctor. And I guess make sure you drink the adequate amount of water and just monitor the protein sources that you are consuming.
0: Yeah, definitely. And obviously over the last couple of weeks, I have been talking about how high protein helps with everything because protein is very important and you do need to have a lot of protein in your diet. But again, like I've said in previous podcasts, don't just take what we say and go, well, Jack and Max said this, I'm going to do it. Mm. You've got to take, you know, responsibility in your own, own hands because every single body is different and different amount of protein, different. You need a different amount of protein to the next person. And it might your body might prefer fish protein compared to lamb protein, or it might prefer beef to chicken. Everybody's going to be different. Um, You know, I, we have a lot of clients that don't like eating red meat. Not that they've got anything against red meat, but they just don't like eating red meat. So they've just got to be a little bit more on top of trying to source protein intakes. But now, and then like, obviously they would go, well, I'll just get chicken. And it's like, yeah, well you can just eat chicken, but just eating chicken for your protein is gonna cause issues as well. Mm. So you've got to put the effort in and yeah, sometimes you will have a high protein diet and things will pop up. And you've just got to adjust and think about, and yeah, obviously see a doctor and all that sort of stuff, if stuff is going very wrong, because there's things that you would need to get checked out Mm. and work on if things are very wrong in a high protein diet. And yeah, just go from there.
1: Cool, did you bring any questions to the table this week?
0: Um, I did have one just about, um, I was actually just having a conversation with a client and he was asking about uh, he's got knee issues and he had some scans done and you know he had a little bit of arthritis and a little bit of damage in his knees. And he was asking about losing weight and putting muscle on to support the joint because we've had previous conversations about that. And yes, I have always said that you need muscle around the joints to, for those joints to operate properly. What moves a joint around is muscles. So if you've got good, healthy muscles, strong muscles around your joints, that joint is gonna move a whole lot better um, because the muscles are doing work, the work, not the joint, if, if that makes sense. And he's said, do I lose weight? So there's not much pressure on my knees, but I also wanna build muscle around my knees. And what I said to him, like he's already a fit, healthy person. I don't think he's got much weight to lose because he would start losing muscle as well. And that sort of goes against what he's trying to achieve, because you do want to build that muscle to have a good, strong knee. So, um, because a lot of advice coming from doctors, is, and it's not wrong, I'm not saying this is wrong, it is very right generally, and it should be generally given advice, is to lose weight so your knees don't take so much pressure. But at the same time, how about we just build a strong muscle joint and... um, work around that way.
1: It's also kind of conflicting because the doctor might tell you to lose weight to improve your joint health, but then your PT tells you to build muscle to improve your joint health. And if you're going to build muscle, then you're going to gain weight. Mm. So, and having a higher like scale weight doesn't necessarily mean it's putting more pressure on your knee if it's muscle, Mm -hmm. right? So it's probably more beneficial to gain weight, to gain muscle weight then to just consider losing weight yeah Unless like that's for a person that's in relatively good shape i'm saying
0: yeah and obviously if you are 40 or 50 kilos over your ideal weight whatever that would be again everybody's different um, yeah losing that 40 or 50 kilos is gonna definitely take some pressure off your knees but at the same time i'd be focusing on building up a good strong joint um, And obviously I just want to touch on a couple of exercises that sort of help that. So if you think about how you walk, you always walk straight in a straight line. Your knee is always walking straight. You never walk sideways, you never walk backwards. So if you can get strong in all these other directions, so diagonally, sideways, backwards, up, down, your knee's gonna be a lot stronger. So you don't necessarily have to add weight again weight and resistance is going to help a lot but just doing movements that move it outside of its normal movement pattern is going to help strengthen it up so making sure that you're just moving in all these different directions safely properly with proper form is going to help that joint get stronger as well Mm. because generally we get pain as soon as we go outside where we've got strength and stability and as soon as you're outside there, your knee's gonna start hurting and then that's when issues start happening. So do a wide, just like protein, <laughs> do a wide range of exercises on your knees properly, safely, and with correct form. And generally, if there's no underlying mass like damage there, it's gonna help your knee pain improve.
1: Yeah. I will say when I have taken two to three days off the gym, which is like the max amount of time I take off the gym, My knees just ache Mm. in general. So, and then because we like do squats and knees over toes and all that kind of stuff, which people tend to think is going to hurt their knee more. Like if they have existing knee pain and then you tell them to go do these knee exercises, they're probably like, Jack, you're crazy. Like my knee hurts. Why would I want to flex my knee and move my knee like that? But yeah, it definitely makes a big difference. The more knee exercises you do, the less pain you have just in general, not even in relation to arthritis
0: yeah um the sissy squat those now um if you're listening look up stop and go look up the sissy squat and come back that's s-i-s-s-y sissy squat it sounds like it's a easy squat but it's probably one of the hardest squats you can do
1: yeah who the hell named it the sissy squat
0: <laughs> I don't know, somebody had a sense of humor um and a lot of people won't do this because as soon as they try and do it their knee starts to hurt mm but it is one of the best exercises you can do to improve your knee health. It's just your knee is not strong in those positions, so it is going to hurt. Um, All I'd say is take it slow, make it easy, and um, gently increase the range on the knee. Once once you've looked at the exercise, you'll know what I mean. You can lower a platform down, down, down until you get to the ground. And once you can do it to the ground and back up, your knees are going to be feeling great. I've literally had real world, like I do clients that have had knee pain. I put them through this and work on it and they come out with no knee pain.
1: Amazing what exercise can do, isn't it? All
0: right, we'll leave it there.
1: Yeah, let's wrap it up.
0: Awesome. Thanks again, everybody for tuning in. Make sure you have liked, followed, subscribed, whatever you do on podcast, they're all different these days. Everyone, the
1: everyone, share it and tag us, please.
0: Um, because Tuesday's episode, you're going to want to share and tag us in that one. It's I'm looking forward to it. You guys should as well, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye.